Hello and welcome to Ag PhD Radio. I'm Brian Hefty, live in the Morton studio. Today on the show, we're going to be talking drain tile. If you've got any questions about drain tile or anything that's happening in your farm, you can give us a call here, 844-44-AG-PHD. Again, that's 844-442-4743. You could also email us, radio at agphd.com, or send us a note on X, Ag PhD Media, Darren Hefty or Brian Hefty. So my brother Darren will be joining me a little bit later in the show, but just to open things up here today, I want to start you off with a few things about just drainage in general. So... If you listen to the show on a regular basis and watch our television show and kind of follow what we do, you may be sick of us talking about drain tile. But here's the whole thing. And we had this type of question that came in the other day, too, where it's like, all right, of all the other things we could talk about, why is drain tile first? Well, here's why. If you go to, if you take a class in college about soils, I'm going to assume that on day one, they're going to say something like this. Ideal soil composition is roughly 25% air, 25% water, 45% dirt, and 5% humus, or as we would call it, organic matter. So that's ideal. Now, the problem becomes if your 25% air all of a sudden shrinks to zero or close to it because your all your pore spaces in the soil are filled with water that's a real problem because so much of what's alive in the soil needs air to thrive sure there are some microbes out there that are anaerobic they don't have to have air but for the most part a lot of the good soil microbes are aerobic and we all know our plant roots are aerobic. We have to have air there or we're going to kill off our corn or soybeans or wheat or whatever crop it is you're raising, almost. Uh, there, there may be a few crops out there you could do it, but I don't think uh, those of us in the northern part of the United States are going to raise rice or anything like that. And even rice, um, you're not flooding it year-round. Anyway, here's the point. If we don't have the right amount of air in that soil... At the right depth, now we're stunting our crop growth, meaning every other investment you make, whether it's fertility, weed control, insect control, picking the right varieties, uh, you spend all this money and all this other stuff, it doesn't pay near as well if you don't have the right amount of air in the soil. So what we're talking about all the time is water table management when it comes to drain tile, and that basically means we want good air levels, especially in the top two and a half, three feet of soil, because that's where the vast majority of roots are going to be. Can some roots get deeper? Of course they can. We can find roots down sometimes six, 10, 12 feet deep. That's certainly possible. But the where we really absolutely have to have lots of air is in the top foot, and we like to have great air levels in the top two to three feet, something like that. So with drain tile, when you put that in the ground, let's just, like on our farm, we don't get a lot of rain around here. And, and so a lot of people ask us, well, why do you even need tile? Well, I need it for the two to four weeks out of the year where the water table will creep up, and this is in the spring, that basically kills off my plant roots. And now I don't have deep roots 
when it is dry in the summertime, and then it just destroys our yields. Horrible. So what we're trying to do is put tile relatively shallow in our geography because we don't need the water table way down. Here, here's where I'm going with this. Let's say that you put a whole bunch of drain tile in it's six feet deep. Okay, well now you've got your water table down to six feet deep. And let's say you have two tile lines that are 50 feet apart. Right at the tile line, your water table is going to be down to six feet. In between, the water table will rise a little bit. So let's say it's five, five and a half feet, something like that in between. But nevertheless, that's a long ways down. So what you have to think about is that means you have tremendous water holding capacity. So you can get lots of rain over a few days and your water table can rise and it's still not going to be in that top two or three feet. So if you are in a super wet area, this is something that a lot of people will do. They'll have the tile line set down deeper, four feet, five feet, six feet. Around here, <laughs> I mean, literally in the last three years combined, we've had maybe 40 inches of rain. That's it. In your area, you might have had that in the last month. So I'm just simply saying, we don't get a lot of rain. We don't need to have tremendous water holding capacity. We just need some water holding capacity. We just need that water table down to, say, three feet. And when we have that, then we're not too worried when you get in those drought years because is the water table going to continue to go down in a drought? Of course it is. But when it starts at three feet instead of starting at four or five or six feet, now I have a lot better chance for capillary action for water to move back up into the soil and get to my plant roots. Because my roots want some water. Again, ideal soil composition is 25% air 25% water. So we're not saying we want all water out of the ground, and tile will not do that. All tiling is doing is lowering the water table, meaning you can keep your good percentage of water and air above that. Down in the water table, it's all water, no air. Okay. So anyway, around here, what I like is setting the tile lines at, let's call it three feet. So we do that, and now we have some water holding capacity. We have air in that top three feet most of the time, most of the year, and things are real good. So a lot of people ask us, well, how much is this going to cost and what's the return going to be? And it all depends on your system. It all depends on your soil type, your, your topography. So for example, us, we have a lot of rolling hills. We don't pattern tile everything. We pattern or we tile through the low grounds and we won't just do one on each side of the valley. We'll, we'll maybe do two or three on each side of the valley, take care of all that. So we're not spending all that much. And a lot of our fields, when we put a, a lot of our tile lines in 10 to 15 years ago, we spent on average $100 to $400 an acre. If you have to pattern tile everything, today's money might be close to $1,000 an acre, but the payback is pretty good if you really need that tile. So we're going to talk about drain tile throughout the show today and get to your questions in the Ag PhD mailbag. That's all coming up next. Take your tillage to the next level with the Insight Universal Tillage Tool from McFarland Ag. With more adjustability and flexibility, the Insight is the ultimate one-pass tillage tool. Visit McFarlandAg.com to find your closest dealer. From machine storage buildings and farm shops to dependable buildings to house your livestock, regardless of building size or use, Morton has a building for every budget. To learn how we can help you expand your farm operation, visit mortonbuildings.com. 
because the challenges you face are getting bigger every year. BASF is committed to helping with more than boots on the ground. We're committed to boots in the mud, boots on the steps of your truck, your tractor, your combine, the linoleum tiles of your coffee shop, the concrete of your co-op, the gravel in your shed. So we can listen, learn firsthand, help right now to ensure success. BASF, helping you do the biggest job on earth. It's smart to make the right agronomic choices, and it's even smarter to get rewarded for them. With the Bayer Plus Rewards Program, you earn cash back on seed, herbicides, and other eligible products. And it keeps getting smarter, because now you can earn an additional 10% bonus when you send your redemption check to your retailer. To learn more, contact your retailer today. Protect your yields and get the most from your land with Bayer Plus Rewards. Visit MyBayerPlus.com and see program terms and conditions for full details. The hard-working, independent spirit of rural America can often be isolating. It's not often discussed, but mental health issues are real. Now's the time to lead by example, talk openly, and show that a strong mind is just as important as a strong body. FMC is proud to be working toward ending the misconceptions around mental health. Through awareness, guidance, and action, together we can uproot the stigma. Welcome back to Ag PhD Radio. I'm Brian Hefty, live in the Morton studio. Today on the show, we're talking a little about drain tile, but we'd be happy to visit about anything that's going on in your farm if you want to give us a call here, 844-44-AG-PHD. All right, first on today, we've got Kevin Matthews with us. He's with the Extreme Ag Group and farms down in the state of North Carolina. Kevin, how are you today? Doing good, sir. Hope you all are. Yes, yes we are. All right, so tell us just a little bit in North Carolina about drain tile. Do you have some on your farm? Is this a common practice in your state? And just tell us kind of what what, what that looks like down there. Yes, yeah, so we have we actually do have on our farm. I actually ordered two more loads this morning of ADS tile to put in. We're really dry right now, so it's a perfect time to get those wet areas uh, tiled and ready for next spring. But uh, it's very, it's more and more common. We was one of the first to start in the state years ago, and now pretty much everyone's doing it. Um, just really works well. You just got to look after them. So I know North Carolina is a, a very diverse state in terms of topography. Where you farm, do you have to do much pattern tile because your ground's so flat, or do you have enough rolling hills that you're just doing kind of spot tiling through fields? So on our, our upland, we do spot tile those areas, the low areas. Yep. However, in our river bottoms, we do a tremendous amount of pattern tile, which I really like best. Yep. So on that river bottom ground you're talking about, how, how close together are the spacings that you'll commonly have to do in terms of um, this pattern tiling? How close together are those tile lines? Yeah, so what we do is uh, we use 4-inch uh, drain yep. tile as yep. the size we try to use. Yep. And typically we're on a 60-foot center. The 80-foot center is about as wide as we can go, but we have some muck soils that we'll get down to 30-foot centers. Okay. By muck soils, do you know what the cation exchange capacity would happen to be? That would be right around 
12 to 18 is what that would be in that soil. Yep. And that's kind of the reason why I asked. Because when we talk about muck soils here, we're talking 40 plus for cation exchange capacity. And I knew that a, a lot of this stuff is quite a bit lighter down in North Carolina. So that's one of the big questions that a lot of people I'm sure are going to throw out. Well, you have pretty light soil as it is. What do you need tile for? How do you respond? Yeah. Well, when you got a lot of magnesium in your soils, it, it, it makes it tight and it's yep. not porous, and the water can't percolate through it. And then we've got like a buck tower, which is just a real hard clay, and yep. you get that, and the water will not permeate it. So, you you know, it, it's just a really big pain when you got that situation. Now, you go down in the Blacklands, and they got those high, those high numbers that you guys talk about. Sure. And um, they do tremendous amounts. And that's one of the beauties of North Carolina is we got just the absolute flat black, dirt pretty as you ever seen in your life down on the coast and then uh, then you got everything in between from <laughs> sand to rocks to anything you want yep yep all right so since you put this tile in how much yield increase are you seeing and i realize that varies an awful lot but just roughly i mean what what do you usually talk about when you put tile in or how many bushels are you hoping to gain on corn for example well that's that's a really good question. So we just harvested a field uh, last week, uh, Friday of corn. There's about 10 acres out in the middle of that bottom. It's around 120 acres in that block. That one out of, well, about four out of 10 years, it seemed like, that area would either be a zero or a really bad drowned out area. Sure. Now we've had it tiled for several years on 60 foot centers and the field average was right at 250, which is exceptional yeah. for our area. And uh, you can't have zeros to pull them kind of averages. It To give you a hard number, it's difficult to say. Of course. But it is definitely well worth investment. It's multiple reasons. When we have floods, those tiled fields... The water gets off of them quicker. There's less chance of having to do a replant if it's in the spring. And then in the fall or during the summertime, it keeps it gets the water off so much faster to get the oxygen in the roots of the soil so that we're not saturated. And those saturated soils is not conducive to growing crops. <laughs> no, that is for sure. Hey, Kevin, I know you're busy. Thanks a lot for the time today. We appreciate it. Good luck to you down there. And I uh, hope you have a safe uh, rest of harvest or whatever field work you're doing at this point. We are wrapping up corn. All the soybeans are done. And um, we'll probably be done with our corn uh, by the end of the week. All right. First to next week, pretty easy. All right, good to hear. Need some rain, need some rain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we just Very ascend. Very dry, y'all yep. take care. Yep, yep, thanks a lot, Kevin, appreciate it. All right, let's go next to another Kevin. we got Kevin Lippert on with us. He is from over in Minnesota with Lippert Tile Plow. Kevin, how are you today? Good. All right, so we're talking drain tile a little bit, and we have you on the show from time to time just discussing tile. Is there anything this fall that you've gotten for questions, let's say, maybe a little bit out of the ordinary, or what are the most popular questions you've had from, from farmers about drain tile here this fall? Well, a little bit is cost. Yep. Um, cost is 
looks like everything has has gone up, but also land price has gone up. So <laughs> that is for sure. Uh, yeah, there have been some record sales still, lately. It's it's still it's still worth the investment with it. So because of the cost, have you had people shying away from it, going to wider spacings? Has it changed anything about how people have been designing the, their tile systems? Well, they all want to kind of do that. They want to downsize or they want to, you know, back off on an area or something like that. And I just tell them all that happens is the wet spots move. You shrink an area or yep. something like that, you have to be committed you know, into, you know, doing areas, you know, running one line in here or a line in there. And I kind of call it spaghetti tiling, you know, you don't, <laughs> yep. it, 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 them days are gone when you, you know, run a line here or there at spaghetti tiles and it actually wrecks the field, you know, it doesn't do it any, I mean, it takes care of that little area, but all it does, the areas end up moving. So, and then you end up screwing yourself later. Yeah, when we very first got started tiling, we did some of that, and I, I mean, I, I, I guess I would say we were able to go back in and get things corrected later or make additions. But now, when we do stuff, people are like, "Whoa, why are you putting in so much tile?" I'm like, oh, well, it's because I learned in the past. Um, I, I don't want to do just a little. I'm doing this as a one-time deal. I'm, I'm hoping to live for another 50 years, and I want to see it in my field for another 50 years because that's one of the biggest things that I think a lot of people forget is when you put a system in, it's not just for next year or five years or 10 years. I mean, I assume from the day you started in this business, there, there are tile lines from way back then that are still working perfectly well today, correct? We just opened one up two days ago, and it, it's a it's a red glazed tile, and I think that stuff was made in the twenties. <laughs> and I I'm pretty sure that that line was hand dug, and it. Yep. Of course, them old older tile lines they needed to be in fairly deep, you know, four feet. Yeah. Um, but them tile lines, it's working like the day they laid it. Yeah. Yep, that's pretty awesome. Anything else, Kevin, you want to leave us with today, just as, it, as any general comments with drain tile? Just a general comment overall is uh, I have to chuckle at the meteorologist saying the drought is over. <laughs> as, as, as a guy putting in tile, I have not seen water up in this area. You know, we are south of Wilmer, Minnesota by about 20 miles, and I tile in about a 50-mile radius, and I haven't seen water in a tile line since since May. Well, that, that the good thing about that is now is the time to put tile in because you can get into a lot of those spots you couldn't normally. Hey, Kevin, we got to run, but thanks a lot for being on the show. This is great as always. Again, that's Kevin Lippert. He's with Lippert Tile Plow. You can check out his work. He's near Wilmer, Minnesota. Uh, Kevin, thanks again for being on the show. Yep, you bet. Thanks, Darren. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Get more durability for less downtime with Soil Warrior Strip Tillage from Environmental Tillage Systems. Improve fertilizer efficiency and reduce passes and fuel usage. Now that's ROI. Learn more about ETS at SoilWarrior.com. 
Get an extra semi-load out of your grain bin. The end zone from Farm Shop MFG can increase your stored beans moisture from 10 to 13%. On a 20,000 bushel bin, that's a free extra semi-load. Visit farmshopmfg.com for more. Good morning and hallelujah! Watch it. My spray and pray days are over! What's with Randy? Oh, he's just amped. Ant? Yeah, he ordered that new Battalion Ant herbicide from UPL. They're calling it the new gold standard. This is the greatest day in herbicidal history! So, how can I... Get amped? Just go to battalionamp.com. It's gonna be a good year! Always read and follow label directions. Did you know soybean diseases like white mold and sudden death syndrome can survive in your soil even after rotating crops? Prevention of these diseases is a constant battle and yield loss from an infection can be devastating. The right management plan makes all the difference. Keep your beans safe with Heads Up Seed Treatment. Heads Up guards your seed from both white mold and SDS. Stay protected and profitable by asking your seed dealer for Heads Up. Learn more at headsupst.com. This season, get medieval on Rhizoctonia with the powerful protection of Excalia fungicide from Valent USA. Here to shield your sugar beets from the treachery of Rhizoctonia, Excalia delivers excellent staying power, keeping your sugar beets from being conquered. Stay one step ahead of Rhizoctonia with the powerful protection of Excalia. Ask your retailer or visit valent.com slash Excalia to learn more. Always read and follow legal instructions. Go long for season-long foliar disease protection that starts at plant. Only Zyway brand fungicides from FMC provide season-long foliar disease protection from the start. Active ingredient Flutriafol moves through your corn plants as they grow for inside-out protection from roots to tassel. Growers and retailers are sharing their Zyway brand fungicide success stories at zyway.ag.fmc.com. Always read and follow all label directions. Since when does every upgrade to your planter have to cost $1,000 a row? To me, good engineering means you create a simple tool that works in all conditions. I mean, not every attachment has to be complicated and have sensors all over it. With a 360 wave closing system, we took a simple approach. It's a blade that rolls moist soil over the seed, eliminating the seed slot. A simple mechanical solution that works. Better results, lower cost. 360 wave from 360 Yield Center. Thanks for listening today to Ag PhD Radio. I'm Brian Hefty. Live in the Morton studio, we're talking a little about drain tile today, but we're happy to answer any agronomic question you've got for us. Our number is 844-44-AG-PHD if you want to call in or send us an email, radio at agphd.com. We're going to jump back to the phone lines. Got Aaron calling in from Iowa wanting to talk about strip till. Aaron, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you doing? Doing great. So what can we help you with? Well, the deal is I'm on the second year of a two-year lease going into next year. Okay. And I'm going to corn, and I got somebody lined up to do some fall strip tilling, and I've never done this before. And I just wondered, like, how much P&K I should be putting out there for, say, hoping for 250 Okay. And I obviously am not in a build idea because I'm, <laughs> I could lose it next year, you know. Yep. So last year I put 150 um, potash out and 100 pounds of gypsum, and I had like 65 bushel beans, so I was happy with that. <laughs> Sounds great to me. But, yep. uh, 
Yeah, so I just am curious how much I can put in that strip and not have trouble. I would assume going in the fall you could get by with more than in the spring. Correct. Just curious what you thought. How deep are you going with the fertilizer? We will be going like six to nine inches deep. Perfect. Okay, and 30-inch rows, I assume? Yes, sir. Okay, and you said 250 bushel corn? Yep. All right. So, uh, uh, by the way, is this field, let's say, really low, medium, high? How are we doing on just overall fertility? Overall, it's going to be a medium farm. Okay. Uh, and yep. part of the reason why I'm asking this is if you would have said hi, then I'm thinking, okay, if well, you probably know where I'm going with this, connecting the dots. If you yep. may lose the ground, maybe you want to mine some out. Uh, by the way, my dad did that prior to Darren and me farming his ground. <laughs> I wasn't very happy about that, yep. but whatever. That, that, that's a person's yep. choice. But anyway. No, uh, this is going to be medium to low. It's been rented to the same guy for like 30 years and now i got a chance at it last year so yep. and he was a, the, the previous guy was a good farmer i don't think he was doing sure. a terrible job but i'm sure the last few years of his lease he was well, finding out like your father did well yeah and i mean there's there's nothing wrong with not leaving huge amounts of fertility there for the future if you're not going to have the ground so we talk about that all the time but anyway so I just wanted to tell you what 250 bushel corn takes. So it's 88 pounds of phosphate, and it's 63 pounds of K2O potassium if you're figuring just grain removal. If you look at total, and that's kind of where I was going with my whole question too, grand total you need between the grain and the stover 128 pounds of phosphate and 338 pounds of K2O potassium. So let's put it this way. Just as very, very rough figures, um, you'd need about 150 pounds of MAP or DAP, and you need about 100 pounds of potash just to replace what you're going to remove with that grain. So that's, okay. that's probably my starting point. And then I would say, you know, if I'm like super low testing, maybe I bump it a little bit, but that's what the grain would remove. So, okay. so anyway, a lot of times that's how we have fertilized on ground exactly like you're talking about with strip till. We put out what the grain only removal would be for map yep. and potash. Or, or if okay. you want to go DAP instead of map, whatever, it's close. Okay. Well, that sounds like something good to go on. I appreciate it. Yeah, and I, let me let me just say this too. Uh, again, if we're talking 250 bushel corn, that's a lot of bushels, and the K2O removal is only 63 pounds for grain. Uh, so so potash is 100 pounds, but the the total removal on our K K2O is 338 pounds. So hopefully you got enough to do that. I'm just saying, if you if you told me, boy, you just said I got to put out at least 100 pounds of potash, maybe I'll bump it to 150 or something, I certainly wouldn't blame you on that. That's the one thing where I, I could kind of go either way. Okay. All right? All right. That sounds great. Thank you very much. You bet. Good luck, Aaron. Yep. Thanks, Mike. Yep. All right, we're going to go next to, uh, we've got Jeremy Miners on with us. He's with Agrum, and we're, we're back to talking drain tile again with Jeremy. How you doing today, Jeremy? 
I'm doing well, Brian. How are you doing this morning Excellent. or this afternoon? <laughs> Excellent. Uh, well, I'm sure it's morning somewhere. But uh, so, yeah. talking drain tile, what are the most common questions you're getting right now from farmers, agronomists, just anybody in the industry about tile? Anything new and different, or is it kind of the same thing that you you usually have? Well, there's definitely a lot of the same questions that uh, we usually get. Uh, this year, though. Uh, at least for us, we've been seeing a lot more farmers uh, putting in drain tile that haven't traditionally put in drain tile. So farther out west, down south, uh, areas that typically have relied on surface drainage yep. and been looking at irrigation. Uh, and one of the questions that we've been getting a lot of is, how long does it take for my drain tile to work? Uh, kind of goes with what you opened the program with. Uh, some soils take longer than others. Yep. yep. <laughs> So, so how do you, and, yeah, how, just go into a little more detail on that. How do you usually fully answer that question for a farmer? Well, unfortunately, I don't think there is a, uh, you know, a, an exact measured amount that you're going to see X amount of improvement in the first year and right. X in the next, because yep. every year is going to be a little bit different. Uh, in, the, in the industry, of course, and I'm sure you've heard this before, the first year is the worst year. That's what I always start my conversation with. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and over time, you'll start to see uh, areas that particularly have sat underwater for long periods of time. You're going to start seeing relatively rapid improvement, usually in about a year and a half, two years. Yep. Uh, of course, it also depends on what the conditions were when it was installed. Ideal conditions like this fall when it's nice and dry, uh, quicker than others. Yeah, I will be honest, on our farm, we saw instantaneous results. Now, granted, it got better over time, don't get me wrong, but, I I mean, you knew immediately that you put that tile on the ground. And we also did a fair amount in crop, and then even between then, like putting it in in early June and fall, um, all of a sudden in the fall, we weren't getting stuck anymore, and the crop looked better. And so, I mean, so I just want to encourage people who are listening, don't think that year one's going to be bad. It's just that year one, future years are going to get even better. Yeah, I, I think that's a great point to uh, push. The other thing to keep an eye on, too, is uh, for some of the folks that aren't used to tile drainage, uh, they often expect that the tile drainage might just take all of the water instantaneously. Um, in some areas where you have high precipitation rate, uh, particularly if you have uh, wet holes, areas where there's just no route for that water to flow out of there, uh, water will pool in there and it'll just take longer still. In those types of situations, you might also want to consider some form of surface drain, whether that be a shallow ditch or a, a post riser like the Hickenbottom. Yeah, there are a lot of ways to handle that. Um, we get a little bit concerned about any potential contamination and things. So, yeah, it's all in how you design the system, where you outlet, what you're dealing with. So we have different variations on our farm, too, because, I mean, we've got some that, well, it just goes into a wetland. Well, then I can do just about whatever I want. We have some that dumps right into the river. Now i got to be a lot more careful. Yep, absolutely. And, and of course, I'm going to say this as a designer here at Agram, uh, it's best to get everything designed beforehand <laughs> and make sure that you have your contingencies all worked out and know where that water is going to be going. <laughs> yes, yes, very important. Any last tips you want to leave us with today, Jeremy? Well, uh, the, only, the only real tip to think about right now, if you are just now starting to get your crop out and uh, you find yourself on a waiting list for a contractor, 
this might be a good time if the weather's right to get the uh, survey done. That way you're ready to go yes. next time that your contractor is in the neighborhood and uh, be sure that you have all your options considered. Yep, good point. Again, that's Jeremy Miners. He's with Agrum. That's A-G-R-E-M. And you can check out their work at agrum.com. Jeremy, thanks for the time today. Appreciate having you on the show. My pleasure, Brian. I hope you have a great day. Yep, you too. So yeah, with Agrum, they do drain tile design. And that's one of the things... I mean, you can contribute to that a little bit. So where I'm going with this is there there can be different ways to design a system. It just kind of depends on what you're after and what your goals are. And that's what you have to express to your tiler or whoever's designing the system for you. Some people are looking for, for something a little different. And uh, yeah, some people want to go less expensive. Some just want great drainage. We'll talk more about it right after this. What does it really mean to provide the best crop nutrition? With AgroLiquid, you're getting a one-of-a-kind approach, one that caters to your specific agronomic needs. You're getting a crop nutrition plan that maximizes your fertilizer applications from every drop, all while accounting for your management practices and the products you're already using. But it's not just a product. It's peace of mind, knowing we've thought of everything. That's the AgroLiquid way. Apply less, expect more. Find a retailer at agroliquid.com. Insects have reigned since the dawn of time. Adapted to their surroundings. Experience the harshest climates and toughest challenges until now. With two modes of action, Ridgeback Insecticide delivers one devastating outcome for soybean aphids. Extinction from your fields. They may have lived through it all, but they won't survive this. End soybean aphids rain at ridgeback.corteva.us. Get the most from every acre on your farm by attending Ag PhD's workshops and clinics this winter. I'm Darren Hefty. My brother Brian and I are hosting a bunch of free workshops throughout January and February with each event focusing on different subjects that will all help you make more money. On January 16th, we start off with our soils clinic dedicated to helping you better understand your ground and how to make the most out of your fertilizer investments. We follow that up on January 17th with our corn agronomy workshop where we review our top tips for expanding profitability in your corn. Then on February 7th, we have our Naturals Workshop, which is devoted to one of the newest developments in increasing yields across the country, natural and biological products. Finally, on February 8th, we're holding our Soybean Agronomy Workshop to go over how to make the most of your soybean crop. As you can probably tell, we have a lot of great information on how to improve your farm, and we can't wait to share it all with you. Best of all, these events are free, so be sure to check them out. Learn more and register at agphd.com. It's smart to make the right agronomic choices, and it's even smarter to get rewarded for them. With the Bayer Plus Rewards Program, you earn cash back on seed, herbicides, and other eligible products. And it keeps getting smarter, because now you can earn an additional 10% bonus when you send your redemption check to your retailer. To learn more, contact your retailer today. Protect your yields and get the most from your land with Bayer Plus Rewards. Visit MyBayerPlus.com and see program terms and conditions for full details. Win the war against weeds in your soybean fields with fierce herbicides from Valent USA. With three different formulations and multiple modes of action, you're sure to find the right fierce product to protect your operation from tough weeds like Palmer Amaranth and Waterhemp. Give your soybeans a strong, clean start with up to eight weeks of residual control with the powerful pre-emergence protection of fierce herbicide. Ask your local retailer or visit valent.com fierce to find the right fierce formulation for you. 
Always read and follow label instructions. This is Ag PhD Radio. I'm Brian Hefty, live in the Morton studio. We're talking drain tile management today. And next on the show, we've got Noah Nelson with us. He's from over in Minnesota and with Nelson Ag Drainage. Hey, Noah, how are things going over for, over there for you today? Uh, not too bad. We're uh, doing all right. We got good weather for November and Hopefully it stays this way. That's what I was just going to bring up. Uh, some of our guys are pouring some cement today. And, you know, whether it's cement work, tiling, field tillage that guys are trying to do, this fall has been great around our area. A little drier, still fairly warm. So how long in the season do you usually go? What what If there's a date on average you have to quit by, when is it? Um, You know, I'd say Somewhere around that first week in December, is, it seems like a lot of times where we, we end up getting froze out. Um, that's just off the top of my head. I, I know there's yeah. been years where it's been middle of, middle of November, and there's been years where we've went well into January. Yep. How deep will can the frost go, and, you, and that's kind of your cutoff? A foot deep, two feet deep, how far? You know, we've gone to a foot deep, but yeah. it just, everything is just such a struggle at that point. And, <laughs> yep. And uh, it's one of those things where if, you, if you're just trying to finish up a job, it works fine. Yeah. But if you're just getting started, you're better off just to pull the plug. Yep, I'm with you. So how quickly, let's say you wanted to, to pattern tile an 80-acre field in your area, just kind of a normal situation, nothing unusual. How many days does it take you to pattern tile an 80-acre field? Um, so for our operation, we, we don't have a, a big plow or anything that we can put mains in with. So the main takes a little while. Um, but if things go decent, it's not a super elaborate job. Um, usually about a week we can be in and out of there. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So not too long. Um, what kind of questions are you getting now this fall from farmers in your area about tile? What's some, what are the most popular things they're asking? Um, you know, probably, uh, probably the main thing is, is like, uh, maintenance questions, stuff like that. And, and, uh, as far as, uh, what they should be doing now to make sure that, it, you know, like now our tiles aren't even running cause yeah. we've had a bunch of rain in October, but we, we were so dry before, but, um, just to make sure that things work in the spring when we really need it. And, uh, okay. So what are, what are your top tips then in terms of maintenance? What do you tell the farmer then? Um, so probably the, the biggest thing is make sure you just check all your inlets. Um, we've over the last few years, we've tried to eliminate as many inlets as possible, but yep. some spots just need them mm-hmm. and, uh, check them, make sure you got your, your bar guards on and, uh, flags. Uh, just so you don't hit them with something, yep. and uh, and then check your outlets also. Um, you know, like I said, it's kind of hard right now because most of the outlets aren't running. Right. But um, just check your, make sure there's no blockage or anything. Nothing got up in there and started making a nest, especially when it's dry. They there's no water coming out of it, so they have no yep. current there. Make sure your uh, rodent guards are on the ends and stuff like that. So has anything changed much over the years in terms of how close together you're putting tile lines 
Um, are, are you doing stuff closer now because guys have yield monitors and they can see yield differences, you know, from soil type to soil type? Or have you kind of been doing about the same thing ten, last 10, 15 years? Um, I would say that there that we have been making things a little closer. Um, I think that there is there's there's almost always, especially in our tighter soils, there's almost always going to be a benefit of going closer. Yeah, it's just whether it's you know the ROI is there, and sure. uh, but in general, I'd say most guys are are tightening them up and and they see what it does where they've got tile, what? and you know. It just makes sense to put a little bit extra in. What's the closest spacing you've used in the last couple of years? Um, so I I didn't actually do this job, but I I did it, and I to be honest, I was very I was I was a little hesitant with it because it's some of the tightest soil I've ever seen. Yeah, and um, we were actually bidded at fifteen foot spacing, and it was <laughs> even then it was it was really really touchy. We I, uh, I actually had to call another survey surveyor sure. and uh, check with him and make sure it wasn't uh, wasn't didn't have something wrong and yep. uh, yeah it was it was pretty crazy but the most the the tightest we've ever actually put stuff in um, on a full scale is thirty feet yeah uh, we have split some at split some forties in just a couple spots but sure. Yeah, that's kind of what we've done on our farm is just split some spots because uh, obviously there are areas in fields where there's super heavy soil and, you know, just water may build up or whatever. So we've we've done that with the super tight spacing to try to avoid the inlets kind of like you're talking about. Anything else you want to leave us with today, Noah? Any other thoughts on drain tile that you want to share with us? Um, I guess, uh, just like you said, uh, right now the biggest thing is just make sure that Make sure you keep up on your maintenance, just check things over and make sure just to prevent any issues in the spring as much as you can. All right. Well, hey, thanks a lot, Noah. Appreciate you being on the show again, as always. Again, that's Noah Nelson. He's with Nelson Ag Drainage over in central Minnesota. Thanks for the time, Noah. Appreciate it. Yep. Thanks a lot. You bet. All right. I want to go back to something that we were talking about in our last segment here with Jeremy Miners, and he said one of the most popular questions he's gotten from farmers has been how long does it take the tile to work? And I, I just said that for ourselves and, and so we farm about 3,500 crop acres. We have tile. I'm trying to think, uh, if we have any field that doesn't have tile in it, I don't think we do. Uh, so we've had to put tile in every field that we farm. And in year one, we've always seen some kind of gain, but we've also seen where it just keeps getting better and better over time. And you might say, well, why would it get better over time? Here's what we commonly see. Most people, when they put tile in the ground, before they've got the tile out there, they have issues with salt, sodium, pH, or just flat out excess other normal nutrients that aren't flushing out like they should, whether that's nitrate, sulfate, boron, uh, those are the most common leachable nutrients there. And you can really just when Darren and I get soil tests and we get them every day from farmers all over the place. I, I, I mean, many times I look at the, the, the sheet and I go, Oh, they got a drainage issue. And people are like, what? You've never even seen the, the field. How do you know it has a drainage issue? Well, when I see that you've got excesses of leachables, things that should normally flush out, whether it's salt 
or nitrate or sulfate or boron, then something's holding it up. Now, it's possible that you have a compaction issue. It's also, and I can see this when I look at the soil test, possible that you don't have enough calcium in that soil. If you have more calcium and less magnesium, your soil will be more porous, and it's easier to flush out some of those excesses. So all these things are really important. Now, the worst one of all is sodium. The problem with sodium on its own is it's not leachable, but we can turn it into a salt with an element like sulfate, for example. So you get sodium sulfate, that's a salt, then we can flush it out of there. But anytime we're talking about fixing soils, we usually start with, hey, you got to make sure that that drainage is taken care of because otherwise we can't flush out any of these excesses and we're just going to continue to have problems. Now, we talk about soil pH quite often as well, and especially high pH, because what pH is, it's basically reflective of whether or not your soil nutrients are in balance. If they aren't, then your pH is going to be out of whack. So normally what we're shooting for is soil pH in the sixes. That's considered mostly ideal for availability of a lot of nutrients and especially soil life. I want to have great soil life and soil health. So everybody talks about you know herbicides and pesticides and biotech and all this other stuff. And that's great. Those are nice tools. But my number one resource on the farm, my number one asset, is the land. And I want that soil to be as healthy as possible. I want to get as much out of that soil as I can. And I know I can't do that if I don't have good drainage. It has to have air and I have to get nutrients in balance. Otherwise, I'm in big trouble moving forward. So everybody talks about sustainability on the farm. Well, quite frankly, in my book, it starts with having air in that soil. That's the number one thing you will always need. All right, stay tuned because we're going to get to the Ag PhD mailbag and answer your questions right after this. It takes balance to be successful in farming because what you get out of it depends on what you put in. And Corteva AgriScience gets that. Introducing Nutricia and Nutrient Efficiency Optimizer, a biological product that naturally captures nitrogen from the air. It's a sustainable way to add balance to your traditional nitrogen methods and maximize your yield potential. Embrace a balanced approach to nitrogen management this season by visiting Corteva.us. It changes everything. So says Indiana corn grower Nathan Davis about innovative Zyway LFR fungicide from FMC. Zyway brand fungicides are the first and only at-plant corn fungicides to provide unprecedented, season-long, inside-out foliar disease protection. Discover more grower and retailer success stories at zyway.ag.fmc.com. Always read and follow all label directions. If you understood everything on a soil test and could make your own fertility plans, do you think you could cut your farm's fertility expenses, maybe even increase your yields? Hi, I'm Darren Hefty. We want to empower you to make your own fertility decisions. That's why we're holding our Ag PhD Soils Clinic on Tuesday, January 16th at the Morton Center near Baltic, South Dakota. This could be the single most important day you spend in your farming career, and it's free. So register now at agphd.com. Effortlessly manage your farm fertility with Verify. Verify takes yield data directly from your combine and instantly generates variable rate fertility maps based on your nutritional goals. 
whether it's building soil, balancing nutrition, or maintaining fertility. And with full integration with John Deere Operations Center, Verify can send recommendations directly to application equipment, no matter the color. Join Verify today at Verify.com and keep your farm moving. Morton Buildings has served the American farmer for more than 120 years. From manufacturing our own building components to constructing your building, Morton takes pride in being the industry leader in post-frame construction by providing a quality building and exceptional customer service. A Morton is built to last for generations. To get started on your next project, please visit mortonbuildings.com. My mom's got a new Case IH tractor and it can do it all. Bail hay all day. See in the dark with its powerful LED lights. Hook up all the implements. Shift like a race car, steer with ease. And it can also cool my juice box. Yeah, her Case IH tractor can do everything she needs it to. Looking for a tractor that can do it all? Check out CaseIH.com. Come on in. The Ag PhD mailbag is about to begin. Welcome back. I'm Brian Hefty, joined again or joined now by my brother Darren. We're going to answer your questions here in the Ag PhD mailbag. First one comes in from Carol who says, Can I smash tile with a grain cart? Yes, Carol, you can smash tile with anything. So this is part of the reason why we want to make sure that drain tile is at least two, two and a half feet down in the ground. But even then, we're going to get slightly worried depending on how sloppy that ground is. So be a little bit careful when you're out there. But for the most part, I can honestly tell you, I mean, we've got a lot of tile in at two and a half, three feet. We've never had any problem, even in wet falls. So I'm not super worried about it, but this is why you don't want your tile at a foot or foot and a half deep. All right. Uh, next one here is from Doug, who says, last week, Darren mentioned that decaying turnips smell like sulfur. It got me wondering if there are any of the cover crops that might fix enough sulfur that we wouldn't need supplemental sulfur. Darren, I think the answer to that is an emphatic no. What do you think? <laughs> I don't remember making that comment. I, I, I do. read that email as well thinking, yep, I do. you do? Yes. See, I'm actually paying attention to you most of the time, Darren, when you're talking. But anyway. Wow, that's, so <laughs> that's kind of surprising. Okay, so just because something smells like sulfur doesn't mean that it is delivering loads of sulfur into that soil. And what we talk about with soil organic matter on a regular basis is, yes, it's going to release nutrients moving forward, but true organic matter in the soil can only release about two to three pounds of sulfur for every 1% of organic matter. So that's something. Now, if you're talking about having a crop absorb different types of sulfur that's in the soil and it can somehow get more out and it's then going to leave it for the next crop. I think that's very wishful thinking. I've never seen anything like that. All right. Uh, next one here is from Timothy who says, uh, we were talking about moldboard plows and he said, my dad used to use moldboard plow a lot. We had a dairy, so we'd spread manure on top. Then we would moldboard plow it in. We were from 
eastern we were in the eastern plains of Colorado where it was kind of sandy not a lot of available nutrients it's kind of an arid plain so we didn't have to worry about soil erosion and all that's true um, and so anyway Timothy thanks for the comment what we talk about with moldboard plowing is it's a tool when you moldboard plow and I get it when you're you're tilling down manure or residue or something like that you think oh I'm gonna build my soil organic matter it just doesn't work that way so now don't get me wrong if you got all kinds of nutrients in your manure you need to get it down in the ground somehow at some time but I'd rather do moldboard plowing let's call it once every four years and put manure on there once every four years and then leave it maybe no-till the other three years or very reduced till to try to build soil organic matter in those arid climates but yeah there are a lot of different ways to farm Okay, and uh, I, I got one coming up for you in just a second, Darren, that I, I want to talk about corn traits, but and then we can take the rest of the show talking about corn traits. But before that, Amar says, Hi, guys, I'm new to agriculture, and I'm just wondering, with liquid fertilizer, um, can I put liquid fertilizer on just as foliar? Because you guys were talking about foliar feeding liquid liquid fertilizer can i put it on the soil um, can i run it through as fertigation can i maybe soak granular fertilizer in water and then turn it into a liquid so can you talk to me just for a minute about liquid fertilizer darren you got any comments on that well fertilizer is important for crops it's plant food and having the right amount of plant food available throughout the season at each growing stage that's critical is a big deal. If you were gonna try and do that all foliar, you would have to be extremely fussy. So if we're talking about, hey, I have a garden and it's 20 foot wide by 20 foot long, could you do a foliar feed and do a great job all season long? You bet. If you're talking about- You're I've just out there every day. Of crop. Yeah. yeah, if you get a thousand acres of crop, there is no chance that you're going to be able to keep up with that and get it all done timely. So we really do like to have fertility in the soil where our root system can bring it into the plant uh, and have access to it. But if you don't get timely rainfall, then that can be a little bit of a challenge too of getting in what you need when you need it. So yeah, there's a lot of tricks there. Can you melt down dry fertilizers? Some of them, yes. Some of them, no. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot to talk about there. Yeah, we, we like liquid fertilizer because it's readily available. And so we'll use some in furrow or two by two, which means two inches to the side and two inches below where we plant the seed and and foliar. So those are our common uses. With dry, it is going to be less expensive typically, but it isn't going to be available as quickly. And we use dry fertilizer more to build the soil than necessarily to feed the plant so but anyway yeah we could talk all day about liquid and dry all right so here's the last question of the day Darren. this one comes from mikey who says could you guys go over some of the different corn traits um, i know there are many it can, and it can be confusing to some especially when you're in an area that uses mainly just one trait so i'm in the southern area of illinois and it's mostly double pro here but further north there's a lot of corn on corn so they use smart stacks so, Darren, maybe start with Viptera, just because that is a newer one, and, and kind of explain what that is, and then go through maybe some of the other new ones like uh, SmartStacks Pro. So what are these different traits? 
Well, okay, so Viptera is a pretty interesting little trait that has additional activity on some of the worm species. So a lot of folks like the corn earworm control, the fall armyworm control, stock bore, cutworm yep. control. Yep. Yeah. There, there are just some additional worm species above ground that it does fantastic on. And there's actually a push by the industry to take a lot of the double pro type traits that are mainly corn borer products. Some of them have some activity on black cutworm as well, but mainly corn borer is the big bug that it's after. And, and in the industry, they, they kind of wanted everybody to adopt the Viptera, which is tough because that's owned by one company, Syngenta. Yeah. So uh, that didn't ever really fly, but there are some traits that are stacking in Viptera that we'll talk about here, and that's really added additional control. So, for example, Tricepta, uh, that's a double pro plus a Viptera, uh, basically. So you're going to get, in addition to corn borer, you're going to get those other worms that we talked about, fall army worm, western bean cutworm, and so forth. So that's been a really nice trait, too. Uh, then you look at the below-ground protection traits. So Syngenta's got Duracade. They also have Duracade stap- stacked with Viptera now, which is going to be the direction they go. So they have more above and below-ground protection. Um, for the bear traits, they've got Smart Stacks, was their original one, that stacks uh, like six BTs up to get above-ground and below-ground insect now, protection. Now, by below-ground insect a, protection, all you're really talking about is rootworms, right? Or yeah, you, yeah, it's, okay. it's corn rootworm control. Yeah. And so with the smart stacks, that's been nice, but there there's developing resistance with corn rootworms to those stacked BT traits. So Bear has come with a new trait called Smart Stacks Pro, and the pro portion of it has RNAi technology. So it's got RNA interference that is going to work on that bug in a whole different way than the BTs. So you've got, in essence, uh, another mode of action to try to control those resistant rootworms. Yeah, so... And we're seeing other... Okay. I was just going to say, so real quick, the BTs are protein that the bug can't digest, and that kills them. The RNAi stops the bug from a from producing a protein it needs to live. We don't have a lot of time left, Aaron. I, just real quick, chrome. What's chrome? Well, that's a that's another trait uh, that, that's out there with the intention of getting some rootworm control. Unfortunately, it doesn't have quite as much BT punch as what you've got even in smart stacks. And this is part of the challenge for the industry. Chrome comes from Corteva, uh, Corteva owns some traits, Bear owns some traits, Syngenta owns some traits, uh, and there's some other ones out there too. Not one, there isn't a single company that owns all of them. So they're all trying to make the most money, and the way they make the most money is selling their traits, when sometimes the best choice for the farmer is if two companies combine their traits together, like in SmartStacks or SmartStacks Pro. Yeah, so Mikey, thanks for the question. We appreciate that. And uh, it does get a little confusing. So if you have more specific questions, we'd be happy to answer those anytime. Before we go, just want to say thanks to our sister Janelle. She was producing the show, running the controls for us today. Thanks to everyone who called in and wrote in with questions. And thanks to you for listening. Be sure to join us again each weekday for more Ag PhD Radio.